Middle East peace agreements, the growing Russia-Iran alliance, is this World War III, and the socialistic takeover of America. You know, fear of the unknown can paralyze you, and that is why I will present the prophesied end-time scenario on this edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. Now, I could probably spend several programs on last night's State of the Union speech. And it wasn't really my topic today, but I had to make mention of just one thing President Biden said. In last night's State of the Union, he said, Here in the people's house, it's our duty to protect all the people's rights and freedoms. My question is, what about a baby? What about their right? He goes on to say, Congress must restore the right and the... And then he says, Congress must restore the right that was taken away in Roe v. Wade and protect Roe v. Wade and give every woman their right. What about the baby's right? Is ever going to protect everybody's rights, right? Does he not think a baby is a human being? He says, the vice president and I are doing everything to protect access to reproductive health care and safeguard patient safety, but already more than a dozen states are enforcing extreme abortion bans. He says this, and I'm quoting, Make no mistake about it, if Congress passes a national ban, and I say it's an abortion ban, he says if Congress passes a national ban, I will veto it. So, pro-abortion as it gets, right? Well, Fox News reported that the Satanic Temple is opening a health clinic in New Mexico to provide free Get this, religious medication abortions. Religious abortions? There's no such thing. Okay? And it says it will name the facility the Samuel Alito's Mom's Satanic Abortion Clinic in mockery of Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito who authored the opinion overturning Roe v. Wade. Now, wow, that's a mouthful. And I know it's a lot for you to take in, but... I. I honestly could not listen to the State of the Union speech because I, I knew it was gonna there was just it was just gonna be one falsehood, let's be nice, a falsehood after another. And it was. But when I heard that about abortion, it gets me every time right deep down inside, everybody. I we have a lady, I'll I'll just be honest with y'all. We have a lady in our church that they told her that there was going to be something wrong with her. She was going to have twins. There was going to be something wrong with the twins and that one may not survive, one may survive, but that she would have problems, physical problems. The mother went through the whole 
pregnancy. One of them did pass away. One of them survived, but she's had physical issues and the mother and father have had to deal with it the whole time. You know what? They love that little girl. She's a precious little child. They love that little girl, even though she has physical abnormalities. She's such this precious little loving child, and the mother and father love her with all their heart. And she's having problems. Please remember her. Her name is Remy. Remember her in your prayers that God would help them get through these times because the girl is having some problems uh, physically. However, they chose not to take care of it in a certain way, but to have the child let God's will be done, whatever that may be. And, But I wanted to make mention of this today because there's this satanic temple opening this uh, an abortion clinic, and Joe Biden said, is in the same company. Anybody who passes a law, uh, if the Congress passes a national ban on abortion, I will veto it. He's in the same category with the satanic temple that's opening an abortion clinic. You say, wow, Dave, you try, you've went a long way to try to pull that together. Not really. They both have the same goal, right? Abortions. They both got the same ideology. And how would you like to be in that same company on the judgment day? You say, wow, man, Dave, you're really stretching today. No, I'm not really stretching. This is the absolute truth. This is, this is what you call reality. How would you like to be in that camp on the judgment day? The Bible says that the great white throne judgment and the judgment day will be a rude awakening for a lot of people. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 through 23, and I'm quoting, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they, have ra they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns? No. Or figs of thistles. A thistle plant cannot produce figs. You know what a thing really is all about by the, the fruits that it produces. Verse 17, Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, and a corrupt tree will not bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall be known. Then verse 21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many mighty wonderful works. We thought we were doing good. And I will profess unto them, I never even knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Folks, the judgment day and the great white throne judgment will be a rude awakening for many people in the end time. You say, well, how do you know who that's going to be and who that's not going to be? People that have aligned themselves up to the Word of God. 
There are people claiming to do right and passing laws today that are diametrically opposed to the Word of God. But the Word of God supersedes any law of the land. Period. If you have a law of the land that goes against the Word of God, I can't obey that. I simply cannot. And the Bible talks about obeying the laws of the land, but they cannot supersede God's law. And that's this Bible. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going by. And so, wow, when I heard this stuff in the, uh, in the State of the Union speech last night, man, I, I've just got to pray for those people because, whoo, wouldn't want to be in some of their shoes. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime. That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Welcome back, everybody. And you know, our Israel tour is coming up before very long. I mean, it, we're, leave, we're going to be going from May 17th to May 28th. And that's going to come on us very quickly now. And so my wife is telling me, my wife Jana, who's over our tours, that it's filling up pretty quick. And, they, and she's going to have to ticket before very long. I think they may ticket in another month or something like that, if I'm correct on that. So... We need to get everybody signed up that wants to go. We've got we've got over 60 now, and we're only going to go. We're only going to take 100, two buses. So if you'd like to go with us and see see Israel, it's man, it's such a great time. Not just the not just the Temple Mount, the Mount of Olives, and the tomb, and the Sea of Galilee, and everything, but it's the spiritual experience that you will have along the way. When I talk to people about tours that we've went on in the past. They only reflect on, yeah, the trip was great, but 
the spiritual experience that I had in the upper room or at the tomb or at the, at the baptisms, I'll never forget it the rest of the days of my life. And so looking forward to going again May 17th through the 28th. If you're putting in for your vacation, those are the dates. And we look forward to you going with us. Contact my wife, Jana, 1-800-363-8463 or Brittany Motes to get signed up, ready to go. Get your tickets and everything. Get your spot reserved. And oh, what a time we will have in Israel. It's extremely safe over there. And I teach uh, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem every Thursday morning from our studios here in Dallas. And everything's safe. There's places in Israel we won't go. But there's places in Dallas that I wouldn't go. Or South Chicago. or There's places in the United States that I would not go. They're not safe. Oh, there's places in every country around the world where you wouldn't go. And so that's the way it is in Israel. It's very safe in some places. Other pl- I'm not going to go down in Gaza. We're not going to visit that while we're over there. Probably not a very safe place. But Israel proper, man, it's a blast. So looking forward to going with you guys. And uh, oh, what a time that we will have. Now, I said in the beginning that fear can paralyze an individual. And when you look at some of these scenarios in the future, and I'm going to go through some different news articles as I go through this end time scenario, but I wanted to share some things with you because the Bible does not, the Bible's not confusing. The Bible's not painting a picture of fear and, oh, apocalyptic events. It does tell about events. But if you're in the church, if you're born again, there's no reason to fear any of that. You say, but some are going to be persecuted. I understand that. The apostles never feared persecution. So how do I get to that mindset? Get born again. Get over your fear of death. Get, um, get your salvation set. Live as a Christian. Trust God. Have faith. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will be added to you. I don't live in fear mode, and I know everything that's going to happen, or a big majority of it. And yet, my father-in-law never lived in fear mode. So, very important. Let's talk about this end time scenario. The Middle East Peace Agreement. Uh, One of the things we're looking for in the very near future, it's going to mark the beginning of the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Daniel 9.27 prophesied that the Antichrist in the near future will confirm a covenant with many that will start, it's going to be a final seven year period once the covenant, not any covenant, but the covenant is signed. And that accord will be the confirmation of the covenant with um, of the covenant of God's covenant with Abraham that Israel would always have a homeland in the promised land. He gave that promise all the way back in Genesis 15, 18. The fulfillment of this prophecy will be the signing of a peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinians. The characteristics of that are going to be that, number one, Israel will establish a Palestinian state in Judea, the modern-day West Bank. Number two, it will allow the Jews that are presently living in Judea to remain in their homes, living as a Jewish minority in that Palestinian state. Number three, the the Temple Mount will be placed under an internationally supervised sharing arrangement, allowing both Jews and Muslims to worship there. Number four, it will allow Israel to build her third temple. Sacrifices are going to be resumed. A lot of things are going to happen. And then number five, the status of Jerusalem will be pushed all the way to the end of the seven years. This is just going to be an interim agreement, a seven-year agreement. If it was permanent, 
the Bible would say that the Antichrist will confirm a covenant with Israel and leave it open-ended, but it doesn't say that. It says for a seven, one week or a week of years, a seven-year period. So it's going to happen in the very near future. Well, these are one of the things that we watch for when we read the news. And this is the one of the things I want to share with you today because if you understand this end-time scenario, how it's going to play out, it takes away a lot of the fear because you can start to prepare for things. You're watching. You're, you're preparing yourself. You're preparing your friends, family, sphere of influence for the, the things that are going to happen in the near future and most importantly, for the second coming of Jesus Christ. So, you're not going to be paralyzed by fear. The fear of the unknown is one of the worst fears that people experience today. The, the fear of the unknown. But if I know what's coming and I can help prepare myself for that, hey, it takes away a lot of fear, doesn't it? We do not teach prophecy as fear, but faith, love, and hope. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. You, as a Christian, can have a sound mind throughout the end time. I know a lot of prophecy teachers don't teach that. But if you don't truly understand prophecy, listen at this closely, if you don't truly understand prophecy, then you teach it as fear. But if you really understand what's going on in the end time, and you understand the church's role in the end time, which is evangelism and expanding the kingdom of God, then you have a mentality of evangelism and faith and hope, and you're spreading love to people and, and a hope in an eternal life rather than fear in the end time. That's how we teach prophecies. Okay, Now, in this peace agreement scenario, Times of Israel, there, there's a lot of articles. I had to narrow all these down today to try to get it all into one hour. But the Times of Israel published an article. Netanyahu says that he wants to hear counteroffers to the judicial overhaul. Now, I'm, I'm pulling excerpts out of these articles. In the article, it said that Netanyahu's goals, he has goals for his sixth term as prime minister. It said that Netanyahu said that he had three overriding goals. I'm going to go through two of them. And during this tenure, and one of those is to thwart Iran's nuclear ambitions. And the second is to expand peace dramatically to end, and he's, he's talking about a regional Arab peace, to end the Arab-Israeli conflict as a lead. Now, I didn't, this is not prophetic. I'm taking these excerpts from Israeli articles. He wants to dramatically end the Arab-Israeli conflict as a lead into ending the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Netanyahu once again vowed to do everything, and quote, he says, in my power as Israel's prime minister to prevent Iran from getting a nuclear arsenal that is expressly directed at annihilating us. And he said... They also say not only death to Israel, but death to America. Now, obviously, Iran, number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet. They're trying to get a nuclear weapon right now. They would love to annihilate the United States. And that's one of the reasons why the United States is vested in never allowing them to get a nuclear weapon. That's why I was surprised that, or I actually kind of wasn't surprised that the Obama administration was, uh, would sign the, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action the original Iran nuclear deal, because it had sunset clauses. It was going to allow them to get a nuclear weapon over time. Craziness. 
But these two events that he's talking about, this Iran nuclear aspirations, um, Israel's efforts to end Iran's nuclear aspirations, and a peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinians, he said these are two of the main things that he wants to accomplish during this tenure could lead to the next, I'm saying could lead to the next two prophecies on God's prophetic timeline. A World War III and a peace agreement that starts the final seven years. These are being talked about in the headlines of Israel news sources today, folks. The Jerusalem Post published an article, Israeli-Arab peace is incomplete without Palestinian talks. This comes from Emmanuel Macron. Emmanuel Macron and Netanyahu met just after Chad, which is an African country with a Muslim population, uh, when they opened an embassy at Ramat Gan. Israel peace uh, with Arab and Muslim nations is incomplete, they said, without renewed negotiations with the Palestinians toward a two-state. Now this is what French um, President Emmanuel Macron told Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu when these two met and spoke in Paris uh, just a few nights ago. Macron told Netanyahu during their meeting, this, dyna this dynamic of the Israeli-Palestinians will remain incomplete as long as it is not accompanied by a resumption of a political process towards a solution that meets the legitimate aspirations of both Palestinians and Israelis. Now, I'm looking at, if you look at this stuff from an, a prophetic perspective, you can say, oh my goodness, this is exactly what Daniel prophesied about and other, Jesus talked about these things in Matthew 24, 2,000 to 2,500 years ago. And we're, we're looking at this stuff that they're talking about in the major news sources today, overseas. And I'm looking at this from a prophetic perspective saying, look, these are the events that will happen just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I know you've heard it for years that it's going to, oh, that's going to happen hundreds of years from now. Come on, everybody. You and I both know better than that. I heard a very, very prominent new, uh, radio talk show host the other day who's very, very intelligent when it comes to money, but not when it comes to Bible prophecy. And I heard, I heard what he was saying about, well, no man knows the day or the hour and all that. And I thought, man, if I could just sit down with you and have a cup of coffee and explain some of these things to you. They couldn't understand black and Bible days. It was not possible. But Daniel told them, close up and seal the words of this book. It's for the people of the time of the end. Now we understand all this stuff. Not because we're smarter or more spiritual than those people, but because it's time. Okay, let me continue on with this end time scenario. I, but man, I could spend a lot of time there because there's so many people that are very, very, very smart. Very intelligent people. But I wish I could talk to them about the prophecies of the Bible. Hopefully before it's all over with, I'll get to do that. So in this end time scenario, when you see this prophesied peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians, along with the biblical characteristics of that treaty, I just named five of them, then you can know assuredly that the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ has begun. That peace agreement, the peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians, the United Nations, the United States, Europe, the international community, Emmanuel Macron has been talking about, everybody's talking about that. The quartet, everybody. And that's exactly what the scenario that the Bible lays out 2,000 to 2,500 years ago, folks. 
Now, the Six Trumpet War, it's another one. Peace agreements, World War III, that's going to be the Six Trumpet War, and socialism. We're going to get to all that before we're done here today. The Sixth Trumpet War. Um, at this juncture on my end time scenario line I'm laying out here, I've got to mention the war that will emanate from the Middle East region and will result in the killing of one-third of the world's population. You can read about it. Um, so the war is called the Sixth Trumpet War. It's part of the skeletal structure of the book of Revelation. Seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials. This is the Sixth Trumpet because it will occur at this, the sounding of the sixth trumpet described in Revelation 9, 13 through 18. And this war is going to take place just before or shortly after the peace agreement that I just talked about. And the Bible does tell us that it must take place at the latest before the final three and one half years begins, which is the Great Tribulation. It's going to take place before that. And you know, everybody, it could conceivably happen at any time now. It's one of the next two prophetic events on God's timeline. And if it hasn't already begun, it, it can happen at any time. Again, if it has not already begun. The Debka file published an article, Russia and Iran are to co-produce 6,000 new fast kamikaze super drones. The point of this article was to tell you that Russia and Iran are working in lockstep with each other. They're the two powers that will lead the charge at, against Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. Gog and Magog and Persia. Modern day Russia and Iran. They're working hand in hand and they will all the way throughout the end time. It's happening. How, how did they know back in 2,500 years ago that modern-day Gog and Magog and modern-day Persia would be working together in the end time? How did Ezekiel know that in Ezekiel 38? Because God knows the end from the beginning. He's already seen all this stuff play out. And that's how we can read these articles today and go, Oh my goodness, this lines right up with the prophecies of the Bible. Folks, we're living, we're living in the end time just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Be born again. Make sure you're prepared to meet the Lord at His second coming. It's just around the corner. And we want to prepare you mentally and physically for the times just ahead and spiritually for eternity. So in this article by Debka File, it says that the U.S. intelligence sources disclose that in a single day of talks, the Russian and Iranian officials came together in an agreement to build a new facility at Yulabuga for the co-production of super drones and get this and I want to repeat this after the break this project was to come under the 1 billion military accord already forged between Moscow and Tehran I'm gonna repeat that statement right after the break I do want to say to everybody remember the Israel tour that's coming up. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ part two, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools available for $299 will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. 
call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. So I, wanna, I want to run that statement by you one more time. Because Russia and Iran working together to produce super drones. This project was to come under the one billion military accord. Did you hear that? A military accord forged between Moscow and Tehran, Russia and Iran. The new factory aims to turn out 6,000 new unmanned aerial vehicles and there was no indication of a time scale for completing this huge order. But listen at this. This massive transaction is of concern not just to the United States but to Israel as well. Why? As part of their military collaboration, Moscow is committed to providing Iran with Russian weapons and engineering specialists. They will be sent to instruct Iranian military officers in the use of the Western weaponry that the Russians have captured from Ukraine forces, including the advanced air defense systems and Americas um, that the Americans have provided to support Kiev's war effort. Now, a $1 billion military pact. If Israel was to go against Iran and the United States was to come in to once and for all stop her nuclear aspirations. Russia and Iran are in a military pact. Did you know that? Russia and I went, Iran working in lockstep together. Could that lead to a World War III? At this, at this point, I don't know. I know World War III is coming. I know that from the prophecies of the Bible. The prophecies always come to pass. But man, folks, we've got to watch this scenario because it's building, building, building. Debkafile. If you understand Debkafile, very reliable news source. They're boots on the ground with the IDF, the Israeli news forces, Israeli defense forces. And they're very accurate. Well, the Debkafile reported that the Russia steps into Israel's shadow war with Iran. This is the last thing that the United States and Israel wants. But they say, and I'm quoting, two new operations have revved up Israel's shadow war with Iran. Striking at its nuclear ballistic program as well as smashing its corridor through Iraq for arming proxy Shiite militias in Syria. 
The first occurred uh, uh, Saturday when an estimated three quadcopters, these little mini helicopters with bombs, smashed into an advanced weapons plant in Isfahan. You may have read that. Demonstrating the deep and detailed penetration Israel's intelligence has achieved for sabotaging Iran's developing nuclear and missile programs. Shortly after the Isfahan strike, unidentified aircraft on Sunday reportedly struck a convoy of 25 trucks that were carrying weapons and ammunition for pro-Iranian militias in Syria th through Iraq. After it passed through um, Abu Qabal in Syria, that border crossing controlled by the Hezbollah terrorist group, Syrian sources reported that six trucks burst into the flames with casualties, and Israeli pilots were reported to have sent up flares before the attack, giving the drivers a chance to escape. Now imagine that. That, that seems like too humanitarian, right? But that's what Israel does. A lot of times when they're going to bomb a place, they will do what's called knock on the roof. They will send one a missile in that just explodes on top of the roof to let everybody in that building know, hey, you've only got so much time, maybe a minute or two, to, in, to evacuate the building because we're going to level it. And then guess what? They're so accurate, a second bomb comes after they did the knock on the roof a second bomb missile comes, and I mean, when I say levels the building, it completely levels it to the ground. Go to YouTube and look up Israel's knock on the roof. It's amazing to see how accurate they are. They can pinpoint one building in a neighborhood and hit it twice, one right after the other. It's amazing. Well, that's what they did to these trucks. They shot off flares to let them know, get out of your truck because we're going to blow these things up. These two operations clearly touched a sensitive nerve in Moscow given its snowballing reliance on Iranian military support for its war in Ukraine in the form of armed drones and ballistic missiles. Uh, what would that have been? Monday, the Russian foreign ministry condemned this Isfahan strike as a provocation, warning that this act of terror could have unpredictable consequences. Moscow has never, this is very important, Moscow has never used the term terror in relation to Israel's long offensive against Iranian military targets. It is taken to mean that the Russians and their intelligence resources have opened the door to intervening in Israel's shadow war against Iran whenever and wherever it sees fit. Is this building up to World War III? That's my question to you. We know World War III is coming. And Russia and Iran are working together. Russia, between Russia and the United States, they control 90% of the world's nuclear arsenal. And Russia has the technology to help Iran get a nuclear weapon. And now they have, they've signed a military accord. Iran is supplying Russia with these unmanned aerial vehicles, these drones, to fight Ukraine. But who, I mean, can you even imagine Iran saying, well, we'll do this for you, but we're not going to do it for free. What are we going to get back from you, Russia? We want nuclear weapons. Are you going to help us with that? I mean, Russia and the United States are not exactly allies right now, right? So think about this scenario that's playing out over in the Middle East right now.
And the Bible says, Loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates for to kill a third part of mankind. The Euphrates River, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. And look at what's going on over there, folks. I watched that like a hawk. I do follow Russia and Ukraine, and I'm following China and Taiwan and everything that's going, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I watched the Middle East like a hawk because that, you know, I, I don't know if it will come out of this drone situation and that leads into World War III. I don't know. I'm just being honest with you here. But I know what the Bible says, and there is coming a World War III. The Business Insider said that Russia and Iran, get this, they're now combining their banking systems to get around being banned from SWIFT. Iran, uh, one of the four nations that house the Euphrates River, uh, is they're, they're, they're working completely with Russia. You know, and again, I'm not, I'm not sure if this Russian-Iran alliance and all the dynamics that are surrounding this thing with the United States and Israel and beyond, because they've got terrorist proxies in 30-plus nations around the world. Iran does. Do you think they don't have them here in the United States when they can just walk across our border unimpeded? So I'm, I'm watching this whole scenario. I mean, is this the one that will spark the war of all wars? I, I don't know the answer to that, but it certainly could be. Something I watch all the time. Okay, so what am I doing? I'm giving you this end time scenario. In the, uh, after this war, in, in the aftermath of this six trumpet war, uh, a third of the human beings on the earth will have died. The cry for a global organization. Consider the previous two wars. World War I, the League of Nations. World War II, the United Nations. What do you think is going to happen after World War III? They're going to call for a fully functioning world governing body, period. And the, the, this cry to prevent a war like this is going to be deafening. The international community is going to adopt a fully functioning. they got the United Nations now. It is the seat of world government, but it does not have the teeth. It does not have the enforcement methods that they want it to have. They want to be able to dictate to you and me, American citizens, do this, comply with this edict. And they want us to bow down to them. I'm never going to do that, but I'm just saying that's what they want. Well, the international community on the heels of this World War III, they're going to adopt a fully functioning world government to eliminate the possibility of a global war ever taking place again. The nations of the world are going to surrender their sovereignty to this new world government so that it can eliminate war completely. At least that's what they're going to be sold. Because the world's going to be reeling after this third world war. But this world government is going to be the culmination of years of planning that, have already, that are already in progress for several years. Uh, it's been generally believed that there were two major conflicts for war on the earth. Conflicts between nations and conflicts between religions. So, I mean, come on. The solution is simple, right? In the minds of these um, global elites. Number one, do away with the nation states. Force everyone on earth. Or don't protect, don't protect borders. Why would a nation not protect its borders? That sounds crazy. Because... If you believe in a world government, the world government doesn't want you to protect your borders. So if you're a globalist, then you will comply with their edicts. Wow. Seems like I heard a speech about that last night 
Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of you may have heard that same speech I did. <laughs> we're, folks, we're living through this stuff. So number one, do away with the nation states, force everyone on earth to pledge allegiance to this one single ultimate political authority, a world government, a global state that answers to a global government. Number two, abolish the doctrinal differences between all religious organizations and coerce church leaders to sign declarations of unity with a single, all-inclusive religious authority, a world religion. We can't have all these religions separated in all these other belief systems because they go to war. Iran's position is a, is a uh, religious position. Well, the Bible predicts that these two entities will be governed, this world government or religion, are going to be governed by a duo of the two of the most deceitful demonic humans that, that have ever lived. There's going to be a leader that will arise out of Europe, this is Daniel 7-8, that will have aided in the negotiations for this prophesied peace agreement I mentioned earlier. And he's going to be this great orator and administrator, the, the, but he's going to have an ulterior motive. He's going to be like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. And he's eventually going to seize the reins of influence, and he's going to be the most powerful politician in Europe. Not the Middle East, not the United States. He's coming from Europe. And from that power base, he's going to move, move him, maneuver himself into control of the emerging world government. Now, I want to pause here to talk about this world government. Prophecies foretell that the end-time world government will be a socialistic, communistic world governing body. Revelation 17.3, John said that uh, he was carried away into the wilderness where he saw a woman sitting on the back of a scarlet seven-headed seven ten-horned beast. A red seven-headed ten-horned beast. Other prophecies let us know from the seals that the color red in the end time, Bible prophecy, is the socialistic communistic ideology of a big faction of the planet. Socialism, communism. So this end time world government is going to be socialistic, it's going to be communistic. I'm getting ready to shoot a DVD for this to letting you know in great detail how this is coming to pass. But I want you to always remember this, okay? Write this down, put it on your refrigerator, whatever you got to do. A lot of people want to know, well, what's the agenda of the uh, United Nations World Economic Forum and all that stuff? Always remember this. All of the agendas that are being pushed, I'm going to hold right here. I'll talk to you about these agendas right after the break. But a lot of people, man, I wonder what the World Economic Forum is all about. Hmm, let me see. This World Health Organization, I don't really like them that much. What are they really trying to do? Well, I'll explain it to you on the other side of the break. It's all about pushing socialism. Socialism. They're all working in lockstep to push social to push socialism around the world. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. 
Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Okay, here we go. This is going to be quick, everybody, because I only got one segment left. I want you to always remember this. All of the agendas that are being pushed by the United Nations, now I'm not talking about when they go feed somebody after a tsunami. That it, a, a, a lot of that is about control, because when they, the United Nations gives something, it's always with a thousand strings attached. But all of the agendas being pushed by the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, International Monetary Fund, the International Criminal Court, the World Bank, the World Health Organization, the World Trade Organization, they're all designed in one way or another to implement socialism leading to communism throughout the world. Most socialists believe governments rather than individuals should own a nation's resources and control their use. So, from its inception, now remember I told you this end time socialistic body, end time world government is going to be socialist. We're watching that being set up as we speak. From its inception, the United Nations was designed to be a socialistic one world governing body. The original United Nations Charter was written by Alger Hiss, who was later revealed to be a communist spy. To this day, not one word of the original charter has changed. One of the main planks of socialism is wealth redistribution. In the United Nations Global Governing Plan, Transforming Our World, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, under the subtitle, um, I think it's uh, New Agenda, it says the, that, that this will only be possible if wealth is shared and income inequality is addressed. Shared wealth, wealth redistribution. The 2030 Agenda is nothing more than the... the um, Sustainable Development Goals, let's say. It's, I think you would recognize that. It's nothing more than the United Nations socialistic plan to govern the world. That you, that, that's why you know, when you think of the Sustainable Development Goals, that equals socialism. The Great Reset, that equals socialism. They're all working hand in hand. The Paris Climate Agreement, that equals socialism. That's why Donald Trump pulled us out of that. The Council on, on, uh, for Inclusive Capitalism, which is ran by um, Linda Forster Rothschild of the Rothschild banking family, that equals socialism. Build Back Better by Joe Biden and the United Nations and Canada and all of them, that equals socialism. ESG, that equals socialism. <clears throat> ESG that are being imposed on businesses is ESG investing. It's an attempt to reorient modern corporations so that rather than focus on profits, capitalism, they focus on implementing a progressive socialist political agenda, environment, social, governance. It's the polit socialist political agenda that these elites feel is in our best interest. Don't you feel better? The elites are looking out for your best interest. <laughs> oh, man. Come on, everybody. You guys know better than that. You wonder why Joe Biden, you heard his State of the Union speech last night, or at least I read the transcript this morning because I didn't want to hear all of the gaffes throughout the speech. But Joe Biden, the President of the United States, I want you to think about this and then ask yourself why. 
but I'm going to tell you why anyway. Joe Biden, the President of the United States, is working to weaken. He's a globalist. He believes in a world governing body. The world governing body is pushing socialism. So would you call Joe Biden a socialist? He will say he's a capitalist. But Joe Biden is working. Forget that so much of the State of the Union speech was uh, malarkey. Did you, didn't he have a bus that said no malarkey or something like that? Well, that, they should have named his State of the Union speech malarkey. Because Joe Biden is working to weaken our economic strength here in the United States of America. He's doing it. You can see it happening. Look at our economic strength compared to when Donald Trump was in the office. Erase Republican and Democrat from your mind right now. Look at the economic strength of the United States when Donald Trump was president. Look at the economic strength right now. The world is laughing at us, folks. So, President of the United States, he is weakening our economic strength as the United States of America. He is ending our energy independence, cutting off pipelines, um, not allowing us to get uh, as much leases. Allow us to drill, Joe. We've got, America can produce much more energy than we need. We, We can produce enough energy, we could be exporting energy. But no, he doesn't want to do that. He's ending our energy independence. He is driving America into bankruptcy. Weakening our military strength. When you allow transgenders, if I was going to join the military right now, and I knew I was going to have to room with transgenders, that's never going to happen. Not going to do that. So, any young men and women that are wanting to join the military right now or to that are in the military that they come out with this rule that says hey now you have to shower with a woman who thinks she's a man or the ladies a man that thinks he's a woman but he's not going to have any surgeries and he's going to shower with you guys and change and stay in your barracks and things our military folks is being weakened the America's just plain stature. I mean, uh, the, our, our military forces, uh, the weakening our borders. If you can't see that, come to Texas. Go down and visit McCallum and, and uh, Westlaco and some of these border towns. I went down there and did a prophecy conference for a church down there, and they were telling me how the buses and buses are just pouring, and they're, t- and they're, they're giving them backpacks and all kinds of things. The pastor was telling me this. That the, and one of the people in the church went out to eat with us after I did a prophecy conference down there, and he was telling us that the buses go right by his house. They were lo- people were coming right across the borders. They were giving them backpacks and shoes and all kinds of stuff, putting them up, filling buses up with them, and taking them out into the United States. They go by his house. He lives in Westlaco. It's right down on the border. Now, why would not our United States president protect us? You tell me. He's a globalist. He's not going to. He's weakening, they're weakening our social strength, our families, pushing LGBTQ agendas and, you know, hey, minors can decide whether they're a male or a female and, and, you know, or whatever. You don't have to be, you can be fluid. And, I mean, they're weakening our families, promoting uh, if you know, living together and look at all the promiscuous lifestyles in Hollywood and 
I mean, just, it's horrible. Weakening our, 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 uh, our child's mindset, indoctrinating them in schools, weakening our cultural strength, uh, getting to people so where they're, they're not even, um, don't feel like they want to be proud to be an American anymore. They're taking down all the statues of our uh, military heroes and different things and uh, putting up statues of just random pieces of art, uh, a piece of steel that's twisted into some random looking thing where we might have used to have had General uh, Lee or somebody there. I don't know. I'm just saying. A military hero. It's like, we're the, you know, uh, demonizing our forefathers and all kinds of stuff. What they're trying to do, I hope you understand this, they're, they've got to weaken America. It's a, it's a socialistic overthrow of the world, and they're trying to weaken America. We're the last big holdout. They're trying to weaken America so we cannot impede the evil plans of those trying to implement socialism here. You say, oh, oh, hold on, Dave. Socialism in America? What are you talking about? Listen to me. According to Fox News, now I'm not saying everybody in America is socialism. I know a lot of people that are not. There are people in Congress that are not. But last week, a vote on language condemning the horrors of socialism, listen closely, split our House Democrats. Now, we don't want socialism here in America. It would destroy America. But listen at this. Fox News reported. I read articles on this. I couldn't believe it. Republicans called up the resolution uh, as a way to remind the public that socialist policies, which they fear have been creeping into American life after two years of Democrat control in Washington, go against the values on which America was founded. Listen at this. The resolution passed 328 to 86 thanks to unanimous Republican support but the point is, 86 Democrats voted against the resolution to denounce socialism in America. What, what did they vote on? I'm going to go through the, the resolution that they voted on. I want to read it to you. Very important. I'll try to get it done before the end of the program. They says, whereas socialist ideologies necessitates a concentration of power that has at time, has time and again collapsed into communist regimes, totalitarian rule, and brutal dictatorships. Socialism has repeatedly led to famine, mass murders, and the killing of over 100 million people worldwide. Many of the greatest crimes in history were committed by socialist ideologues. Uh, Lenin, Stalin, Mao Zedong, Fidel Castro, Pol Pot, Kim Jong-tu, Kim Jong-un, Daniel Ortega, Hugo Chavez, uh, Nicolas Maduro. Whereas tens of millions died in the Bolshevik Revolution, at least 10 million people were sent to the gulags in the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics and millions more starved in the terror famine um, Holodomor in Ukraine. Between 15 and 55 million people starved to death in the wake of famine and devastation caused by the Great Leap Forward in China. And the social experiment in Cambodia led to the killing fields in which over a million people were gruesomely murdered. Up to 3.5 million people have starved in North Korea, dividing a land of freedom from a land of destitution. Uh, the Castro regime in Cuba expropriated the land of Cuban farmers and the businesses of Cuban entrepreneurs, stealing their possessions and their livelihoods and exiling millions with nothing but the clothes on their backs. The implementation of socialism in Venezuela has turned a once prosperous nation into a failed state with the world's highest rate of inflation, 
Now, makes you want socialism in America, right? No, absolutely not. But this resolution says, resolved by the House of Representatives. Now, this was last week. Resolved by the House of Representatives. The Senate concurring. The Congress denounces. I, Dave Robbins, denounce socialism. I know the end time world government is prophesied to be a socialistic, communistic world government. But this says, the Congress of the United States denounces socialism in all its forms and opposes the implementation of socialist policies in the United States of America. Passed by the House of Representatives, February 2, 2023. Now, all that sounds horrible, doesn't it? We should denounce that with everything, every fiber of our American being. But again, I want you to remember, 86 Democrats voted against the resolution to denounce socialism in America. I'm letting it sink in. You think they're not socialists pushing for socialist principles here in America? 86 Democrats in the House voted against denouncing, after hearing the resolution, voted against denouncing socialism in America. Oh man, folks, are we off in the end time? Come on. We're, we're so far off into this. What, what's my message to you then? And I don't have, I got, I've got so much more I could go through. But I'm telling you, make sure you're ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. All of this stuff is supposed to be occurring just prior to the second coming. But yes, some people are in, they're just in a fog. I, I, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm at or what I'm doing. No, the Bible clears that fog up. It will clear up your mind and it will help you know, it will give you direction and leadership and guidance and a sound mind throughout the end time. That's what we're here to do today, uh, to do every day on the End Time Show. God bless.